Hey, it's Jody here, and I want to tell you about our extra special promotion this month. The Ultimate Confidence Course for Women is going to temporarily close in December, so we can revamp and relaunch it in 2021, which will include a price increase. So if you're ready to take your confidence to the next level and start 2021 on a high, then this incredible offer is for you. For November only, we're offering an additional $100 off our course plus coaching package, which means you'll get the entire course plus two coaching sessions with me and lifetime access to this course and the new one. Go to the course page at risewomen.com to take advantage of this offer. Welcome to the Secrets of Confident Women podcast, where you'll learn all the best tips, tricks, and practical techniques for building the confidence levels you've always wanted. With inspiring interviews, real-life examples, and game-changing insights, this podcast is for women who know that mastering the skill of confidence is one of the most important things they'll ever do. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Secrets of Confident Women podcast. I'm Anastasia Adams, and together with my business partner, Jody, we run Rise Women, a business dedicated to helping women learn practical confidence-building techniques. So before we get started today, I'd like to say a great big thank you to everyone who's listened, subscribed, shared, and given feedback about this podcast. We love hearing from you, so please keep the love and the suggestions coming. We really do appreciate all of it. Right, so today I have a very special episode for you all because this is almost like a where it all began interview for me. Uh, The woman I am interviewing today has probably shaped some of my earliest perceptions of what confidence looks like. So I grew up with today's guest and whilst we're not very far apart in age, as a young woman I actually felt like we were worlds apart. To me, this woman was confidence. The way she dressed, her self-assuredness, her conviction and self-belief in getting things done when and how she wanted to do them. Uh, But funnily enough, one of the things that I remember most about her while we were growing up and probably the key way that she was my confidence role model for years was the way she spoke. There is just something about this woman. When she speaks, you listen. She's funny. She's engaging. My God, she's so smart, she's social, she's attentive and she's supportive. And for me, these things always came out when she spoke. Um, She's so very articulate and growing up, I just remember saying to myself, when I get older, I want to speak just like Zoe. So today's guest is an amazingly confident woman and I'm proud to say my cousin, Zoe Sabados. Zoe has had an amazing career in her words, It's been a series of sometimes random, sometimes fortunate, sometimes created, but always pivotal events. So she's taught English. She's been a marketing director for one of the biggest magazine brands in Australia with absolutely no marketing experience or even a marketing degree, mind you. She's been a brand consultant and now she's completely pivoted into a totally different industry and career space. But I will let her tell you more about that in a minute. Um, She's worked on construction sites, she's jumped out of aeroplanes, she's backpacked in some of the scariest places in the world. She has travelled extensively. I mean, Zoe is open to new experiences all the time and her latest career move is definitely a testament to that. So, I think I've said enough. I think it's time to introduce the woman herself. Zoe Sabados, welcome to the Secrets of Confident Women podcast. Hello. And Hi. I just want to say that I need you to be my hype girl whenever <laughs> I walk into a room from now on. I will not expect anything less than that level of intro. Excellent. I'm talking weddings. I'm talking cafes. I'm talking when I walk in the gym. 
Yeah. You're going in first and you're going to introduce me. Like that. There'll be oh. fanfare and confetti. There will be confetti. I, and I need trumpets heralding my arrival. Thank you so much. That's oh, extraordinary. And, and all heartfelt and all very true. Oh, thank you, you my love. You have been a constant source of confidence in my life and I am just so happy to have you on my podcast. Um, so to get us started, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, a bit about what you did before and what you're doing now. Okay, thank you. So to, in my core, I'm just a, a migrant kid that grew up <laughs> outside Ashfield Mall and that was really <laughs> my entertainment for years, going to Target with my mum, interpreting for her. My toys were like plastic pegs that I used to put in a row. Seriously, only yeah. child. It's as tragic as it sounds. So, and I, and I share that because it, it, even something as humble as that has defined who I am. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, in life. And it, and it gave me a work ethic and it gave me a sense of self-sufficiency. Mm-hmm. So that was really, really important important i used to hate my past but now i'm so grateful for it it's funny how we embrace it as we get older isn't it completely and only at this point can i look back and say i'm so glad that um i had that humble beginning because there are no airs and graces about me i'm the most self-deprecating person in the world Mm -hmm. and if this migrant kid can make it anyone can make it so that's a little bit about my past i'm um in my 50s uh, I mean, that's been a, you know, a struggle in itself, but more about that later. <laughs> yeah. I have three gals, I'm married, and I am, you know, doing my best um, and always looking at how am I going to make a difference to people that cross my path. Yeah. So that's kind of who I am in my core. So yes, you've kind of covered all my career pivots. But even when you say it back, Anastasia, I'm amazed that I did all of that. Like, (laughs) I backpacked in the Middle East. I'm like, really? Didn't we lose you to a tribe of Bedouins at one stage? I was living with Bedouins, Anastasia. My parents, yes. (laughs) If my girls did that to me now, Uh I would. I actually, they don't even know I did that. So I've been lying to them all this time saying, oh, no, I never left Sydney. Always stay close to mama. So <laughs> yeah, they're going to find out in a couple of weeks. I hate to break it. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm amazed that I've, you know, I've been pretty ballsy in my yeah. life. And, um, yeah, and I think that comes from, where does that come from, Anastasia? I, I think know. it comes I think it just comes from wanting to um, prove a point. Right. And which is my next point, because when I was in high school, I remember teachers telling me that it's a shame that English is not my first language because I would never do well. Right. And, And because of that, I ended up topping the state in English in the HSC I ended up doing journalism. I ended up teaching English. And now, you know, writing is the basis of what I do. So I think um, even something like that, initially I was so taken aback that somebody said I was a failure in high school. But that kind of taught me that, you know what, I'm going to prove a point. So probably my most ballsiest moves is when I'm proving a point to myself that I have what it takes to, to get something done. Yeah, and and that's amazing because there are so many women who um, following a comment like that would shut down. 
they'd hear that and just go, I, I, I can't compete with that. Someone's told me I'm a failure, so I'm just going to have to accept that. Um, so it does take something to sort of back yourself yeah. and go, you've said one thing and I'm going to prove to you and to myself, more importantly, that you're wrong. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I and I think I got that lesson. I have to look. I know I sound amazing <laughs> and um, I wasn't born this way. I've got to be completely honest. I have spent thousands of dollars on personal development. Love it. I have had counselling. I have... Um, you know, my fallibility as a human being is something that I'm always in touch with. Mm -hmm. I am no superhuman. And so I've done a lot of personal development. And I guess probably the main lesson I got from personal development was that people's, what people say about me and even what I say about myself is not truth. It's yes. just an opinion. Yes. And opinions are not the boss of me. True. So, yeah. So um, that. Um, that is a really, you know, if I could impart any bit of wisdom today, it would be whatever people say about you, even if it's amazing, whatever it is, it's just an opinion. It's not the truth. Um, and you need to, to stand in your truth to make something happen. Yeah. And I love that. We, we say that all the time. We, we do a lot of work around opinions and um, how they do become true once people start to believe them. And then it's really hard to disprove them. Because everything you yes. do kind of it, it, you become absorbed by it, and it's really, really difficult to disprove an opinion once you've told yourself in your own mind that that is the truth. Yeah, um, and I think if we can remember that, it's mm. very valuable. You don't want to be a prisoner to other people's opinions. No, that kind of life sucks. Yeah, yeah, it's terrible. And that's yeah, they're my wise words. I love it. <laughs> so tell me what you're life. doing now. I need everybody to know what oh, yes. the new Zoe Sabados okay. venture is because it is amazing. Oh, my goodness. It's my ballsiest move yet. Yes. So, you know, when life gives you a global pandemic, um, <laughs> what do you do? You go, you know what, global pandemic, I'll show you. I'll, I will launch a new business, a new business <laughs> that is so global pandemic affected, and I will succeed. Right. So about, so about um, how long ago – during marriage equality, so I've always wanted to work in the wedding industry. And back in the 90s, I was a wedding MC, and I did big, fat Greek weddings. Yes. And I found I had this gift of engaging people. And and I, But I just put it on the back burner, and I thought, okay, one day. Anyway, and I ended up doing marketing and a whole bunch of other things. And then during the marriage equality debate, there was a fire lit in my belly, Anastasia. Mm. I was back thinking about weddings, thinking it's not just enough for me to say that everyone. Okay. Now I moved. I, I moved know, from I my know, own story. <laughs> That's fabulous. It's it's emotional and I, and I get it because I understand why this is so important to you for the same reason that it's important to me. Um, and I know why this drive yes me. yeah so it really drove me and I finally thought you know I remember saying to myself if not now when yeah like when are you going to enroll and do what you said you always wanted to do and that that fire in my belly actually got my ass to enroll in marriage celebrant school because I always wanted to be a marriage celebrant because yeah. I was sick of, A, people saying certain people didn't deserve the right yes. to their best day ever, and, B, I was sick of going to 
ridiculously boring <laughs> cookie cutter weddings that wanted that I wanted to stick needles in my eyes that were so boring. <laughs> I and I thought people deserve better than that. Surely well, it's meant a, to be a monumental event. It's meant to be a life changing yes. event and we we dumb it down and we make it boring and we've both been to that many um, yeah, just mainstream, everything's the same, speeches are the same, yes. everything is the same. And your massive day should not be like everybody else's. It should be no, unique. Uh, yes. Yeah. Other people's weddings are great for other people mm-hmm. but not for your wedding. Right. So I thought I can make a difference in this space. I can use all the skills that I've developed over the years and I, could, I can bring joy energy and enthusiasm to weddings and I can make them feel a hundred percent like the couple yeah and that because I think weddings need to be engaging they need to be entertaining you're inviting guests they're not just passive observers who who what kind of experience are you creating for your guests and also how how often does your love story get told in life yeah. Probably once, twice, if you you know you get married a second time or a third time. So I thought I'm going to tell this couple's love story, and it's going to be epic. Oh, so that's, it. I guess, where the focus of my ceremonies is: is telling the greatest love story ever told, like it is the greatest love story ever told, and engaging the guests and leaving the couple feeling just loved up, relaxed, and. Electrified by their yeah. own existence, their yeah. own being, the fact that they found this human in a sea of billions, they found the one that's made their their heart happy. So I just want to, you know, amplify that yeah. a thousand percent. It's amazing how your your passion comes through when you talk about that because um, it, you can see it in everything, in the branding of the business, in the way you talk mm. about it. There's so much vibrancy around it. I've done a lot of things in my life. But probably this is the first time where I've connected with my purpose, that the whole point of my existence, I think, is to be a marriage celebrant. And I've only just got it. And, you know, I'm 53 years old. So it's never too late. It's it's exactly, exactly. It is never too late. And I know it's my purpose because I feel alive. I feel electrified. It is the hardest thing I've ever done, Anastasia. I'm not going to lie to you. It is the hardest thing ever, but also the most satisfying and the most, um, like my whole, every cell, yeah, Yeah. is is buzzing with excitement whenever I stand in front of a group at a wedding. Well, I can see it. Whether it's five people. Yeah, yeah, or a hundred. I can see it in photos and I can see it in the way you speak about it and it just... Mm. um, you just seem to be in the right place, you know, kind of not just physically but emotionally and mentally. You seem to be in the right place when you're doing that. You just seem, from my perspective, to be the most confident version of yourself when you're doing, you know, what your purpose has always told you you should be doing. So with that context, when are you, when do you feel that you're the most confident version of yourself and what does what does confidence actually mean to you um, based on your experiences? Yes. Yes. So I'm not a naturally confident person. I, um, for me, confidence is created and mm-hmm. it's a choice. Mm-hmm. So my default position is overwhelmed and anxious. That's <laughs> basically the C I operate within. And I, and I, until I go, okay, yep, got it. I'm anxious. I'm overwhelmed. Address I it. think I'm a loser. Yeah. Okay, great. Now what? Where to from now? So then I go, okay, 
take some action. So taking action for me is always um, how I get into my space of confidence. Mm-hmm. I remind myself what my purpose is and standing from there, I, I create confidence. And ironically, I am the most confident holding a microphone, engaging people. Oh, my which God, to that's a lot shock. Of, yes, <laughs> and to a lot of people, that's like the opposite. It's like that's yes. why I'm my least – but it's when I'm left to my own devices at my dining table writing a ceremony or working on a social media post mm-hmm. is when I doubt myself the most. But the minute I disappear, like my neuroses disappears and, you know, Zoe Sabados disappears and I'm actually standing in my purpose yeah. and I forget about who I am and all I care about is loving up that couple who is, you know, committing themselves to a life together. Yeah. That's where I I am my most confident and I all I think about is making this couple feel extraordinary. Yeah. Do you find that um it, it is that purpose that creates that confidence for you? Because I'm sure you've you've done I mean you're doing well in this business, but you've done well in other careers as well. Did you have that same level of confidence when you were doing, you know, a, a presentation when you're in your marketing career or when you're in front of a classroom teaching English? Was was it that same yeah. level of confidence in the presentation or was it or is it more drawn to the fact that it is your purpose and it's your passion and it's what you've always wanted to do? Yeah, well I think so I've always felt confident in front of groups of people, even when I was teaching. And the key to my confidence then was I'm a hard worker. I think that's I got that from my parents. Mm-hmm. So before I would teach a class or before I did a presentation, I would put hours and hours and hours into it. And so taking – yeah, preparation yeah. for me is everything. And so my confidence came from – I've got this. I've done the research. I've practiced. I am more prepared than any other human being on this planet to deliver this class or this workshop. Yeah. Um, that that kind this, of core sense of self-belief. I have yes. got this because I know what I'm doing. Yes. Yeah. And it came from hard work. I have no natural ability whatsoever in anything. Everything <laughs> I do truly – you know how some people are extraordinary, like they walk into a room and they command it because – just their being That's yeah yeah I know me. I know someone like that I think her name is it starts with a z and ends with an o. <laughs> <laughs> but I find it amazing because for me that is you you are someone who walks into a room and commands it and I think a lot of women would see women out there and go oh my god she's so confident but they don't know what goes into that they don't know the back yeah. end they don't know the work and the preparation and the commitment that goes into creating that persona of confidence yes I, I, I look I, I guess you're right but but, you know, definitely it was hard work yeah. before I became a celebrant that um, had me feel that confidence and, you know, being able to deliver what I promised I'd deliver. Yeah. The other, I have this also this uncanny ability now that I got from all my personal development courses mm-hmm. that I just assume I'm instantly related to whoever I'm speaking. Like there's no barriers. I just treat them like I've known them for years. And that's just a skill I've developed over the over the years. So that's a great you know, technique. Yeah, I because just it eliminates that fear friends. of yeah, I, yes. I don't know who this person is, I don't know what they're thinking. If you start on the assumption that we are connected, yeah, then a lot of that those insecurities and those fears will disappear, right? Yeah. So I don't have this period where I get to know someone. You just I just assume you already in. do. I already do and they're going <laughs> to like that. me and I'm going to like them because we are part of the whole, 
you know, ecosystem of human beings and we're in this together. So that's definitely helped with marriage celebrancy because mm. I'm, you know, there's a hundred guests that I'm looking, that I'm about to share intimate details about this couple. Yeah. So I just go in there going, we're all in this together. <clears throat> we're all mates. Let's just have the best time possible. I love that. I think that is such a great technique and I'm going to use that because, you know, there are often times where we go into, even from a business perspective or personal, you're in an environment mm. where you're surrounded by people you don't know. You know, it could be at a yeah. networking event. It could be at a dinner. You go to a friend's dinner and you know the friend really well and you don't know anyone else. Um, but that technique of I'm sitting some, next to someone who I've never met before, I'm going to assume we've been friends for years mm. and, and you just, you do, you lose that need to break the ice to, you know, yeah. find out about them. What do you do? All those kind of boring, mundane questions and just pretend like you've known them forever. Yeah, I think being your authentic self is the ultimate icebreaker. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Amazing. Well, based on that, like you, you, we have talked about, you took a leap of faith when you when you decided to change your career path because it is a huge ah. difference. Um, and you're doing it at a point in your life where most other people would kind of just happily and lazily slip into a comfort zone mm. and just go, including oh, me. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, look, there are people who have worked the same job for 40 years and they hate it, but they do it because they go, it's mm. comfortable and it's safe and it's secure and I know what I'm doing. Um, but to make that kind of a change, like what kind of impact would that have on your confidence? And how did you manage the, you know, there's fear, there's self-doubt, there's negativity, yeah. there's a lot of things that come with changes like that. So what did you do to manage it every time that little voice in your head went, no, no, you can't do this? Yes. Well, I've got to tell you, um, like with with a new business, this is what I didn't know, Anastasia. This is what nobody told me. Right. I thought when I – because this is the first time I've run my own business, uh -huh. like properly. So I have got to be not only, you know, the HR director and the yes. social media manager and the accountant, the writer, mm -hmm. the PR person. Legals. I have to do all, legals. Admin. Janitor. You even things. need to clean your own toilets. Yeah. I know. You need to do everything. Yeah, yeah. Jodie and I talk about that all the time. Yeah. Yep. And I had no idea. I thought I'd just be writing my little ceremonies, being fabulous, turning up, leaving, you know, Done. all of that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, in fact, the smallest part of what I do. Yeah. So I, um, I have this little thing I say to myself, uh, which is, if not you, then who? Right. So I don't – I – constantly think you know i'm overwhelmed i don't know how to you know do zero you know create zero accounting whatever i don't even i don't understand numbers <laughs> and then i always say to myself if not who then if not you then who zoe mm -hmm. no one's coming to rescue you there is no one coming yeah, to yeah. Rescue you need to be you. your own hero Yes. yes. So I just go, okay, well, it's me. I look around. Yep, Billie Jean, the dog, she's just sitting there. The cat's there. <laughs> Kids have no interest in it. No. So, you know, George is doing his own thing. It's like, it's up to you, lady. Yeah. So get cracking. Just get into action and, just, and get it done. Action is the ultimate confidence booster. Even if I'm bad at it, at yep. least I'm doing something. Yeah, yeah. there's forward momentum. Yes, because yes. procrastination for me robs me of my confidence yes but as soon yes. as I just even do this one thing Anastasia it could be googling how to reconcile accounts in zero mm -hmm. I'm like okay I'm back she's back she's back she's doing stuff yeah because um, again you have that core self-belief that I've got this yeah. I may not yes. know it now but I will do whatever it takes to figure it out and I will get yeah. it done yeah yeah 
exactly. And um, the other thing that I always I always get tickled pink about. Uh-huh. I created something from nothing. Like there was no marry me Zoe before I said there was going to be a marry me Zoe. Yeah. You know, there was no, you know, website. There was no Instagram account. There were no 60 couples that I'd booked. There were no, um, there was nothing of that before I spoke it into existence. You made that happen. How empowering is that? Yeah, like if that's not a confidence boost, nothing is. Yeah. Uh, And we talk about this all the time as well around the power of your thoughts and words, right? You start with a thought, you have an idea and it's nothing. It's just a thought, whether it's positive or negative, it's just a thought. And then you say it out loud and it becomes reality. And especially if you say it out loud to someone else, because then they can hold you accountable and it becomes a thing. And then from that, that thought and that reality, you create something. Um, And there is so much power in that. There is so much power behind, I had a thought and I made it something and I did it on my own. And, and, you know, what better way to build your confidence than through achievement and acknowledgement of that achievement? Mm. So sometimes, yeah, when I, I'm not, you know, in a swimming in a sea of overwhelm and anxiety, <laughs> I take a moment and say, you go, girl, you made something happen. And it's not just something, it's beautiful. Yes, it's it vibrant. Is. And, and you are making a difference to people's lives. And I, and that's, I guess the other thing I wanted to do with Marry Me Zoe is my little mantra is uh, surprise, delight, and make a difference. So every little touch point of Marry Me Zoe from the way I deliver my ceremonies to my captions on Instagram to all the customer touch points, you know, I always ask myself, am I surprising, am I delighting, and am I making a difference in some way? So you've got your own checklist. I do. Yeah. I love a checklist. Yeah. So, um, and when you when you're delighting someone, how could you not feel anything but confident? Yeah, absolutely. Because it's you're, the best you're doing feeling. what makes you happy, and, and and you're surrounding yourself and others with positivity. And there is, yeah, you know, confidence comes from that. It's really hard to have negative thoughts, negative actions, and negative words, and create confidence from that. Yeah. So in light of that, okay, I, I've created a sparkly time machine, right? It's covered oh, yes. in glitter. I know you love oh it already. God. Yeah. And I'm going to yeah. put you in it and I'm going to come to just because I have the microphone and I'm going to mm. send us back to your 21-year-old self and I want to know oh, what advice goodness. would you give her about the choices she's about to make and about things that you know would have affected her confidence then that you wish you'd known? Hmm, 21-year-old Zoe. 21 was when I went on my two-year backpack expedition into places that no Greek girl had gone before. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I mean, I were went, mortified. <laughs> I think they actually were about – my dad was about to come and find me in some re- remote village in northern Thailand. So I was AWOL. I was like, where is she? But, you know, I was a smothered 21-year-old Greek girl mm-hmm. from – a Greek family. So I had to, you know, bust a move. I had to bust out of that or yeah. I'd still be living the smallest life possible. And I knew that I had to I had to live a bigger life than yes. what was ahead of me. So first of all, I would say to that 21-year-old Zoe, something that no one said to me back then, which is, well done you for being bold. Yeah. And that, you know, 21-year-olds don't hear that a lot. 
But no, if we try to stifle them, don't we? Because they feel like yeah. we feel like they're being too bold, and we need to pull them back a bit because they might do something stupid, and they might affect their yeah. future. And, yeah. Yes. So I think when you're 21, you owe, owe it to yourself to make your your boldest choices and not be held back by, I need to find a job. I need to make sure I can pay the rent. Yes, you will. You mm. will. All of that will handle itself. But do what you love. Be bold, and everything else will take care of itself. Because then you are living your most um, authentic confident of your life. life, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So I would I would applaud her for doing that. Mm-hmm. I would um, tell her to stay overseas for a lot longer than what she did. Yeah, but for we, sure. we couldn't handle any more family meetings, any more. <laughs> yeah. Where in the world is Zoe? <laughs> meetings that we had to have and and go right. So the last we heard from her, she was here, and and this was before <laughs> like you know our iPhones and all of that. Oh, no, the other thing I would say is that, look, something I'm not great at, mm-hmm. um, and this is, you know, the whole thing about you you are constantly in a state of learning, yes. is I'm, I, you know, with my finances, I didn't take responsibility for my finances for many, many years, mm-hmm. and I was, you know, head in the sand situation. So I'd probably go back to 21-year-old Zoe and say, you need to spend less money online. Okay, no, you will be spending a lot of money online. You're going to be doing a lot of shopping. Don't. Okay, don't oh, do that. Really? Would you tell yourself not yeah, to Yeah, I shop? would have. Oh, I've made some interesting choices, Anastasia. <laughs> I, have, I have. Every time there's a new bag of clothes that goes to the Smith family, I'm thinking, hmm. Did I really need not, that? Did I really need the purple shoes? At the time I did, but did yeah. I really? Anyway, so I would probably tell 21 year old zoe that no one's going to come and rescue you be your own wonder woman yeah and take control of um your finances um and uh yeah i guess that would be be your own wonder woman yeah i love that because like you said no one's going to come and rescue you we need to do it no ourselves um and and there is value of course in you know having the right people around you and the right people supporting mm-hmm. you and a great safety network and, and we both know how empowering that is to have the right people around you but um at the end of the day it does come down to your responsibility your choice you need to make it happen in light of that right we know that there are so many ways that we can make ourselves super confident there are so many things that we can do to keep ourselves confident and happy and you know outgoing and fun but nobody is confident all of the time we all have moments where our confidence dips um, and it's kind of hard to see a way out of that. So do you have like a go-to confidence technique or something that you do to build yourself back up again whenever you need like a little confidence reminder? Um, I guess, you know, the risk of repeating myself. So I, I'm very good at engaging with reality. Right. And I'm, I'm good at it because I've practiced it um, a long time, for a long time. So I guess my confidence... Um, booster is I I look at my the conversation I'm having with myself Mm -hmm. um, and I ask myself is this truth or is this opinion and then I go okay it's an opinion great is the opinion the boss of me no No. (laughs) what yeah what am I going to do and then I I take some action so it's quite methodical for you if there's ever a dip in confidence it's not floundering and I don't know how to get out of this it's I have a plan which all comes back again to preparation right you you kind of learn these techniques that work for you and you learn them and you practice them and you master them and then eventually it just becomes like a no-brainer to you right you pick that process and you follow it through 
and I don't want to give the wrong impression that I don't flounder. I do, but I always give myself kind of a time limit. I'm like, yeah. okay, how long are you going to be pathetic for? And I, and I, I will often go, okay, till six o'clock tonight. I'm going to be pathetic. I'm going to eat chocolate. Yeah. I'm going to watch um, The Bachelor, and I am going to just be a blob till six o'clock, and, and then, then I'm going to get. In, I'm going to then be, you know, back on track. Yeah, snap out of it. My, my Wonder Woman self, and I'm going to do something about it. <laughs> all right, so let's let's flip it around now. So, in hindsight, you know, based on all your experiences, what is something that you failed at in the past that you know took a hit on your confidence, but then now you're glad you didn't achieve? You you can say you saw the lesson in it, and you're glad you didn't achieve it. Yeah. Well, I um I have a degree in journalism. Yeah. And. I failed as a journalist. <laughs> but they gave, surely really they gave you a microphone. So, sorry? Surely they gave you a microphone. Yeah, that was that was the missing ingredient. Yeah. I, and I, I failed. I just, I did not. And you know what it was? Oh, this is the greatest lesson in life. Yes. I wrote an article. And when I was like 20-something, mm-hmm. and I sent it to an editor at the Sydney Morning Herald, and the editor responded with a call. There were no emails. This is how old I am. There were no emails. <laughs> he called me back, and he read me the riot act. He destroyed my confidence. He pointed out everything that was terrible about my article. Wow. And you know what I did? You know what I did, Anastasia? Yeah. I listened to him. And that was the last time I wrote an article. Wow. And that is probably the best thing that has ever happened to me because <laughs> I know crazy. exactly what it looks like when I listen to other people's opinions Yes. about me. You it, it stops me in my tracks. Yeah. Mm. Amazing. So although I love the skills of journalism, you know, clearly, you know, if I couldn't, I, I, I couldn't take his criticism and I, and I shut down. So A, it um, led me on this other path of marketing and branding and marriage celebrancy, mm-hmm. which is it better? I don't know. I, I, I say it is. I might as well say that, it, yes, I'm glad you that happened. It. I do love it. Yeah. And it's more empowering for me to go, yes, I'm so glad that happened and because this is more me because I get to be with groups of people. Well, you own but, it, right? Yeah, yeah. But I've made that failure work for me and it's a constant reminder of, yeah, what can happen if I, if you listen to somebody else's opinion about you? Yes, and and, and yeah. we need those reference points, I think, in our yeah. lives and in our careers because there is no success without failure and that's the truth of the matter. I know we all try to avoid failure as much as we can, but it is part yeah. of the process and unless you fail, you don't know what success looks like. No, because as human beings, we are pain-averse mm-hmm. and pleasure-seeking. Yes. And failure is painful. So we are biologically driven to avoid pain. Yeah. Um, and we only want the good times. So it's a it's a skill because it's it's counterintuitive for us to um, be with the pain because, you know, we anaesthetize ourselves either with television, alcohol, you yeah. know, whatever. Whatever it takes. So, whatever it takes. So it's such an incredible skill to be able to be with the failure and the pain and just be with it until you get what you need to get from it. But then the important thing is to move on. Yeah. Take the nugget, move on. Yeah. Don't wallow. Um, and that's something you get better at every yeah. day. 
Oh, well, it's all practice. It's all practice. Mm. And if you're not learning and growing as you live, then really what's the point? You don't want to be the same person at 50 that you were at 25 or at 15. The whole point is to keep developing and growing, right? Yeah. That's where life yeah. experience comes from and, and fulfillment and empowerment. It all comes from that process of growth. Um, and speaking yeah. of which, so you have three daughters, right? And they're all amazing. I adore all of them, but they're all so very different. Mm. And they're all at very different stages of their lives. So you've got a 20-year-old who's, you know, studying and working. You've got a 17-year-old who's finishing school. You've got an 11-year-old who's at a completely different stage in her life. So based on what you've seen whilst you've been raising them and also reflecting back on your own experience, what do you think is the biggest confidence destroyer that young women are faced with today? Um, you know, I would say it's uh, their opinion of themselves. Yeah. Because the so what I've seen of my daughters, and I'm not going to speak, you know, I, I can't speak for everyone's daughters yeah. or other young women and, and, and men, um, yeah. it is their opinion of themselves because <sighs> they come into this world perfect the way they are. They are confident when they're little yeah. and then something happens when they turn 10 or 11 and that's when they start listening to other people's opinions or they start comparing themselves to others and then that forms their monologue, their internal monologue. And I, I think I, when, when they become aware of their internal monologue and they create, have the skill to be able to modify it, yeah. I think that's, that's when they... I don't know. That's the, when they some, it's some sort of a catalyst. Become, yeah. Yes. It to, to confidence. Yeah. But it's a it's a dark place I I think for for young women um these days not to sound morbid but mm. there is so much uh so much affecting that et- internal monologue that is not positive and yeah. so to unchange it and to to be able to notice it is um, a huge task ahead of them. And that's the, most of the conversations I have with my girls are about what are you saying to yourself about yourself? Would you talk to your best friend the yeah. way you're talking to yourself? Yeah, absolutely. And, and the answer is usually no. They yeah, would I would never, never say yes. That. I would yeah. never tell my friend that she was a loser. Okay, why are you telling yourself you're a loser then? Yeah. What, what are you gaining from that other than self indulgence and pain? Yeah. Go, yeah, it's so. terrible. But I think there's something in um, maybe, you know, 10, 20, 30, 50 years ago, there was less awareness around this. And I think there's something yeah. really, really powerful and, and inspiring in the fact that as mothers uh, from a different generation and, you know, we have done personal development and we are yeah. open to um, different ways of parenting and, and we have a different relationship to our daughters and our children in general than our mothers did. Um, they have an awareness there that we may never have had. And I think that will be their saving grace, that they're having conversations with us and hopefully with each other as they mm. get older that we were never given the opportunity to have. Um, and, I, and I think it's it's really beautiful and that may be what kind of binds them together and it gives us that opportunity to help them with this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but there is also, uh, sure, our parents weren't, well, I guess they didn't have that awareness and no. that, that and they, they were gave going us through other their own. skills. They gave us other skills, yeah. and you know they had their own thing. They were surviving. They were, you yeah, know, absolutely. migrants in in a country, and for them it was about survive. You yeah. know, buy a house, feed my children. Um, and they taught us resilience through that. Resilience, and they gave us amazing yeah. work ethic, and and they did give us other skills that maybe today are lacking. 
in, in yeah, other people. I, I I would agree with you there. Mm. It's we as because we are self-aware mothers, we tend to want to rescue our kids yeah. and take away the pain and take and and protect them from life's hard lessons and and the dark times. But I don't think that's doing them. No, because that's where they service. Learn. Yeah, I think the dark times toughens up. Yeah, and it's yeah. part of humanity. You yeah. you've got to have those dark times. You Absolutely. Know? Yeah. Amazing. Okay, guess what I'm going to hit you with now. Our rise and power top questions. Five. Yay! Well, there's yeah. six, but we're there. Oh, yay! Top six. <laughs> All right. Six, so there. Quick. Oh, I had an echo there. I didn't even yeah, know how I to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So there's six questions. Short, sharp. Tell me what you really think. What do you wish every woman knew? That she has what it takes to do what she wants already. The only thing stopping her is her self-belief. Love it. Okay, what is your superpower? Bringing energy, enthusiasm and humour to every situation and leaving people feeling loved up. Love it. Heels or flats? I know this already. You think you do, but you don't. (gasps) What started off as a heel obsession has now become... (gasps) Don't say it. All about the killer kicks. Oh, I'm all I about the the you... cool sneakers, oh, statement sneakers. I bought a pair of Christian Louboutins the other day. Yeah, I'm all about the sneak. There and you go. yet, and yet, we go out for dinner, and you're always rocking a killer <laughs> a killer heel. I've seen you in them, so I know you said flats, but what I really heard was heels, Anastasia. I said heels. So I'm just gonna go with that. <laughs> It's because you're a giant. I feel like a muppet next to you. It's because I love the heels. That's why. All right. Your favorite quote or rule you live by? My favorite quote is inspired by Maya Angelou. Mm -hmm. People won't remember what you said or what you did, but they will remember how you made them feel. Love it. She was amazing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if this is connected or whether there's someone else, but who inspires you and why? Anyone who has fear but has a go anyway. Awesome. Any yeah. mold breakers, a mold breaker, that's what who inspires me. Yeah, I love that. Anyone well, that smashes the cookie cutter, smashes the template and creates something new. From nothing. Yeah. Love it. Okay, here's your last one. Finish this sentence. If I had even more confidence than I do now, I would... Be creating killer content that surprised, delighted and added value to millions of people. <gasps> millions. That's a big call. Big I call. Love but I think if you can do it. If not me, then who? Exactly. Yep. <laughs> I think you can do it. Um, okay, pressure's off. Your power questions are done. Oh. Which means we are done, which I'm really Woo-hoo! sad about because it was an amazing conversation. So thank you. For, um, for joining me and thank you to everyone for listening today please remember to subscribe to this podcast please leave us a rating or a review um, it really does make such a difference to getting our message out to all the women in the world that we want to reach and it does get us one step closer to achieving our goal of making confidence every woman's new normal uh, you can also head over to rise women and look up all the resources and programs that we have there that can help you build your confidence Zoe Sabados, thank you so much for being here. It's been my absolute honor and pleasure to interview you. 
Thank you, my love. Thank you for being such an inspiration for me. And also thank you to you and Jody for doing what you do and making a difference to so many women. You surprise, you delight, you add value every single day. I love both of you for living in your truth and for living from your purpose. Go you too. Thank you so much. Thank you. And until next time, ladies, please remember with confidence, anything is possible. Bye for now. Oh,